So we have lots of fun stuff to talk about. Yes, we do. Uh, where should we start? Should we start with the obvious huge gorilla in the room? How is dating going, Sarah? Oh, shut up. It's awful. It's absolutely awful. Hi, I'm Sarah, and I just got dumped. When I began Sonderlust, the podcast, my team and I began with the understanding that I would be authentic to the process of trying to rid my life of Sonderlust. And I knew from the beginning that was going to require a level of vulnerability that sometimes would be painful and awkward. One of the biggest challenges in all of the challenges that John gave me was that I would need to start dating. So dating I did. I even shared with you the start of that process from trying out Bumble and Tinder to going on dates with people that I normally wouldn't go out with. And I thought that was going to be the hardest part. But I have to admit that this episode is the one I've been dreading the most. The game. Not really. It wasn't a game. I uh, put yourself out there. Put myself out there. I thought I found the guy. The guy was seemed pretty sure about me. Things were great. And one of my favorite people I've ever known. And so just really great conversation and a fun person to be around. And I thought things were going well. And then we were supposed to hang out yesterday. And he showed up and said... This is over. So that was awesome. Yeah, that's tough. So what do you suggest, life coach? The life coach suggests you need to mourn the loss. Mm -hmm. But you can't let it keep you down. You can't let it stop you in your tracks. Because that's been a problem in the past. Right? It's true. We've we've got our heart broke, and then you just kind of stop. So... I think now the the key is your heart's broke. You mourn it. You know you don't need to go get on and go on a date tomorrow. But you also need to say, okay, there was good stuff about that. You know, figure out what you learned from the relationship because we know they don't all work. Most don't. So what'd you learn from it? Remember the good stuff. An autopsy. We're gonna do an autopsy already. Yeah. Well, not right now. <laughs> I mean, we don't need to do it right now. takes two people to date and two people to break up. But on this episode, I'm not going to talk a lot about how he showed up, but instead how I showed up. Because truthfully, he didn't sign up to date a girl on a podcast. He signed up to date me. And so I want to protect his privacy and who he is and his own processes. He goes through the reasons why for him, this relationship didn't work. The truth is, As he was describing all the different ways that he thought maybe our cores were different, I realized that this person he was describing didn't feel like me. And when I took some time, I realized it's because I wasn't showing up as me, not fully me anyway. I realized that I showed up in ways that weren't completely authentic and that there were still walls that I thought I broke down years ago. And so this episode is a little bit about talking about those walls and also how to get over really being hurt. You know John, my life boss, but a voice you haven't heard from yet is my dear friend, Michelle. Michelle is incredible. She's the one who keeps me going. Sorry, Sarah. Yeah, Sarah's videoing or audioing this 
whatever conversation recording recording is what you're trying, to, what say. I'm trying to say oh i was telling you talking to you the other day and i think i wanted to make him the same as everyone else like oh just another guy who walks away right and you can't do that because you know he really is different and and i told you the other day i'm like i don't want you to lose sight or start or put him in the same category as all the other men who have let you down because he's not that and and never will be you know um regardless of what happens in the future i'm like he's just he's different and he was there and he did not ghost you he did not you know lighthouse you <laughs> like there was no you know none of that and he you know challenged you and was present and took care of you and those are things that that past relationships have not done i think it was hard for me because i let him see all my like i don't like admitting that i want someone to take care of me because I, I love serving and taking care of other people. And so it's hard for me to admit that like, oh my gosh, someone like driving up to take me to dinner because I've had a rough day <laughs> is like probably pretty standard for most humans. Yeah. But for me, feels like such a vulnerable space to say like, actually, could you please come because I, you know, yeah. I, I've had a rough day and I, I don't feel myself. And for whatever reason, I feel more myself when you're around. So can you come? And I think my fear is that now for whatever reason that, you know, however it works out, whatever reason it is that he isn't in my life now, mm -hmm. I don't want to go back to being closed off, but I don't know how to remain open when it feels like the people that I share my, myself with, um, uh -huh. even so yesterday I, I've been doing all these practices to like try to live differently or try to kind of live into what you and John and, uh, Susan and Chelsea and my close friends have all just been like, just tell people you need them. So last yeah. night I was, supposed to go to a hockey game with uh the book club guy um but you know we haven't talked in a week and obviously we're broken up so um normally i would have just like either gone to the hockey game because well i gotta get over it so i'll just go to the hockey mm -hmm. game or i would have like stayed home and you know done whatever but instead i called my friends who are married and amazing and i just said hey um, I just need to go to dinner with you. <laughs> and so they let me go to dinner with them and mm -hmm. we hung out and we talked and we watched the hockey game on TV and it felt, uh, so incredibly, um, like I was being loved by people and, um, Sometimes it feels lonely, but I think it was great. I think that's one of the things that you can thank book club guy for because he showed you what it really looks like to be taken care of. And there are moments in your past relationships where you were having incredibly hard days or something horrific would happen and you'd reach out to them and they'd be like, oh, that stinks. I'm sorry. You know, or gosh, I know, I'm sorry to get back to you and take him a day and a half to respond to a message about you're on the floor crying. You know what I mean? And like, that wasn't the case with him. And I think what he's taught you and is teaching you and that you're realizing is that, that it's okay to be taken care of and it's okay to have needs and it's okay to ask for the things that you need and not be ashamed of that or or make that feel like you're somehow weaker because of it. You know, I mean, we all at the end of the day want to be taken care of, 
you know, it doesn't matter who you are. Like, you know, I always, I've always said, like we were put on this earth together, not alone. Mm. And that was not on, that was not by mistake. <laughs> right? Like we're, we're on this earth together. <laughs> well, I was thinking about scripture, right? In Genesis, in, in mm-hmm. scripture and however you take it as allegory or actual fact, uh, the story of Adam mm-hmm. and Eve, the only time God ever says in creation yeah. that something is not good is when they were he alone. recognizes that Adam's alone yeah. and says, and this is not good. I had a great conversation today with some folks from my church who are like in the period of deconstruction for their own faith. And they asked me like, hey, have you ever had a period of deconstructing your faith. And I was like, no, no, I've been really lucky. Like I came from a family that had a pretty healthy spirituality. So I never had to deconstruct. And then we walk like two blocks. I was like, that's a lie. And they were like, what? I was like, "Uh, I think I'm coming out of it. Actually. I was like, I think I, yeah. You just didn't realize you were in that place. No, I think I just, you're coming out. Right. I just, I have been in this place of, okay, if I tell Jesus again what I need and want or, you know, whatever that may be, if I'm honest, it felt like Jesus was just another example of abandonment. Like I felt like I reached out. Someone letting you down again. Yeah. Because it's like you said the other day that you like, you kept, (laughs) it's like you kept asking God for all these things and he would never come through with any of them. So like... You're kind of mad. I was super mad. And then I I think it's, instead of being able to be mad at my boss, I was like, well, fine. I just won't talk to you. Exactly. But I'll hide behind this idea or this intellect notion that you have. You know, like you're smart enough to talk about the Bible and faith in a very intellectual way. And I think that's what resonated with you when you said the other day. You're like, you know, I kind of answered everything under the pretense of like, well, I know. I'm smart. I understand what's going on here. Yeah. It is true. Like, I come from a family that if we can't control things, we figure it out. Like, we yeah. intellectualize it and we try to control it by being able to understand it. So, I don't know. I think there's this beautiful invitation in all that I'm currently going through to what does it look like to say, actually, God, like, um, I miss you and I want to trust you and I don't know how to do it. I don't like that I walked away and I don't like that it has potentially damaged this relationship that was so different. I mean, I miss that person and I can't Mm -hmm. do anything about it and I can't make it better and I can't force him to want to be in my life. Mm -hmm. And even though there's all these things I want to tell him about like, oh my gosh, you're just helping me understand that I... I do miss my relationship with God and that that is something that I put on the back burner and it put it on the back burner because of fear. And even though in some ways it's still there, I wasn't sharing that with you because to share that with you felt very naked, very naked. And I've been naked in that way before with someone I have shared all of me and it's been stomped on. So how the, the thing that's hard is like, I feel like I shared a lot more mm-hmm. than I've shared with most and was really vulnerable and all that. And it yeah. still didn't work out. And so I'm trying to figure out how to piece back together my ability to be vulnerable with God, even like, so I created this false persona. I realized like mm-hmm. this intellectual 
uh, you know, I hate labels, but like almost like progressive Christian who like, yeah, all things are permissible. I'm trying to figure this stuff out. And some of it, like, I really do think that sometimes the way, the way we read the Bible can be harmful. And so I want to be intentional, but I wasn't mm-hmm. open to sharing that with uh, Lord Book Club. So I think like I wasn't vulnerable with myself, even about how I feel about God and Jesus. And there's just this huge invitation, I feel like, to be trusting and vulnerable, but it is still like yeah. really hard. So I'm <laughs> it's so hard. It's so hard because, you know, like we said, you know, I'm like, I really like I don't I don't believe that the story's over. But I also know mm. that we can't control the story. And you know, and we and the giving up control piece I think is is huge for you, for any of us, quite frankly. But I mean, there's, again, I look at this way too, Sarah, there's only so much you can take accountability for or blame for whatever the word you want to use for when it comes to why, you know, certain walls have gone up or, or why, you know, someone decided that they needed space, you know, like, you know, you only have part of that, you know, and part of that is also on the other half of the relationship, you know, so. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I do. I really, I mean, I just, I can't help but think like, I don't know that the story's over and I don't know what it means, but I know that, that you're better because of him and, I, and because of the relationship. Mm. And I know it. I'm struggling with that because it was so short. I know. I know. <laughs> and that's just the weird thing for me, like, is that. You know, I haven't dated in so, like, really dated in so long. And I know to let someone in and then, like, feel like you're just beginning to reveal these pieces of yourself. Um, yeah. And then to feel re- rejected. You, yeah, you are going to get there. And if, if it comes, if you come back together, you, you definitely will get there. But I think more than that is that you, you saw that there are, first of all, it kind of <laughs> reinstilled some hope that there are good guys out there. That's right? true. Like, like my favorite text to you was like, normal guys for the win. Like there, like this guy was, was doing all hitting the marks and there were marks you didn't think could be hit anymore. Like someone actually taking you out on a normal date, you know, picking you up and driving them in their car, you know, sending you flowers or, you know, buying thoughtful gifts for you. You know, those were things that had not been happening in the dating life that you'd been doing. That's true. Yeah. So if this, uh, if nothing else, if this creates a new normal for you, that alone is worth it. I'm just afraid to have expectations. (laughs) Well, I know, I know, I know. But here's the difference to me because the expectations you had before meeting book club guy were different. You had, you had really high expectations. I mean, I, I remember talking to you in <laughs> so many conversations we've had where it's like, well, no, I mean, if they're, if they're too short, if they're too tall, if they're balding, if they're this, if they're not into outdoor, if they're not, I mean, you had such high expectations, which is hysterical. That no one can live up to those, which is hysterical. Just by the way, I feel like I should say, because a lot of people are like, what does Lord book club look like? He is. He's a really handsome guy. It's not that he wasn't handsome. Now you have a different set of expectations that I think are healthy and that I think are good ones, like how you want to be treated in a relationship and how someone's going to listen to you or challenge you and not let um, and not let you get by with things like those are kind. Those are good expectations to have in a relationship. Much healthier than the like things that either someone can't control or 
you know, are not authentic and real. Maybe something beautiful will happen with him. And if not, something beautiful will happen with someone else. I have hope. Yep. Yep. All right. I'm going to go take a nap with those words. Okay. All right. Yeah. Put away my laundry because I adult. That's what I do. (laughs) Well, I love you. Thanks for chatting with me. I love you. So I guess that's that. The episode about getting dumped. And I didn't include a lot of information and there's personal stuff that you didn't need to know. What I can tell you is I have been doing a lot of self-reflection and why I don't reveal the things about myself, like the fact that I attended a non-denominational church for years, even after I became a United Methodist pastor, because there was something I loved so much about experiential worship and that I'm not as cynical as I like to pretend and that deep down, I'm really excited about an opportunity to reconnect to the side of me. It's funny that this year when the new year started, I decided that the word for the year was trust, and I had no idea how that would play out, but it definitely is playing out, and I'm learning how to trust more and more. As I continue my journey of getting rid of Sonderlust, I want to continue to look at the things that make me authentically me. I want to include the fact that part of me really is really in to the more experiential side of worship, and another part of me is really into social justice and loving people that for many years I felt like they were outside of the call of God. I think a little bit of this journey is learning how to understand myself as someone who is both and. And it's a difficult space because sometimes those sides don't get along. In the next episode, we're going to chat with a dear friend of mine, Mike McCarg. Mike McCarg is a podcaster who does exactly that. He stands in the gap between two communities that often think they can't talk. His name is Science Mike because he's a person of deep faith as well as a person who really loves science. Him and I are going to have a conversation about what it's like to be a person who sits in the gap because sometimes it's painful and it feels like you're being pulled apart. So thanks so much for listening. And as always, continue to follow your bliss. Sonderless the podcast is hosted by me, Sarah Heath. This episode was produced by myself, Allie Fleming, and Corey Severi. Corey is also our team's editor, and Allie handles our graphics. Our website and marketing is done by Alex Maldonado. Our theme is written and performed by Daniel Roberts. You can visit us anytime at www.sondralustthepodcast.com. And to find out more about yours truly, please visit RevSarahHeath.com. If you like the show, hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts so you never miss any new content or any episodes. And most importantly, leave a review. It's a great way to spread the word and help people find the show. 